everyone and welcome to Ink Differently. My name's Megan with Sawgrass and I am here today with Huckleberry Starnes. Huckleberry, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. So you have made some major headlines over the past few weeks. It seems that way, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to quickly just uh, tell everyone what you made headlines for before we start going backwards and diving into your sublimation journey. So. Uh, you have been making face masks with people's smiles on them. That's right. Yeah, I'm here in Decatur, Georgia, and uh, we're just a small town outside Atlanta. And it came to my attention that a lot of the police officers were not getting a lot of masks, and the masks that they were getting were just um, pretty standard. And so I had the idea to use some of the... the uh, sublimation technology I've been working with to make some personalized masks and kind of joking around one of the officers has a very very uh, let's call it peculiar mustache <laughs> and so I managed to take his picture and put that on the mask and the other officers were so amused by it that they also requested that I do ones of them and that's from there it's kind of blossomed into a lot of first responders and frontline workers getting personalized masks with their faces on them. That is so cool. I saw some of the pictures. I think, are you talking about that one? I saw the, the mustache on his face because he had to shave Officer it, correct? Jameson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had to shave it off because of the mask. That is great. So my, one of my first questions about this is, are these masks, did you, were you kind enough to donate them or were people paying you for them? How exactly did that work? Well, actually, what happened with um, sort of just before this is that uh, when the pandemic started, there was such a shortage of masks that I was actually sewing them by hand oh, wow. in the studio and donating them to hospitals and first responders. Oh, wow. And then once the um, things sort of got back into production, we were managed to get our hands on some blanks for sublimation. And so we were doing some in the studio, but basically trying to get them to our neighbors mm -hmm. in Decatur. And then through that, the, the first responders, and we were donating those, um, but we also do make custom masks for other people for sale. That is fantastic. You know, I've heard a lot of stories throughout this pandemic, especially related with sublimation, how people are doing the masks and finding different ways to try to bring in new customers or give back to their community. But this is definitely one of the more uh, unique stories that I've heard. Um, I, I love the photos that were put out online. So you were recently featured on CBS, correct? CBS That's News? Right on, on the evening news, yeah. Now, how, how did that come about? Um, I'm assuming you were featured current, like first on a, a local level? No, actually, it's really interesting. Um, the city of Decatur was really out front in the state of Georgia for enacting a um, municipal mask ordinance. Okay. And because of my involvement with some other projects on the city, they contacted me as a consultant to design their mask campaign and roll out all of the literature and signage. Cool. And so through that, a local producer was doing some stories on the city and uh, I think was paying attention to what we were doing here because it was really, uh, as I said, uh, leading the way for a lot of people, especially in Georgia. And through that, he came across these masks and I think started looking at my Instagram feed and seeing some of the fun that we were having, but also keeping people safe 
and through that he contacted me about three months ago. Oh wow! As well as several of the officers, and we shot the story then, and uh, so that was yeah. So that's the thing. So it aired on the national news. And uh, through the magic of the internet, I've been getting some really weird contact requests, like from Germany and places as it, it seems to be spreading out through local news now at this point and morning talk shows. That is amazing. I love that. That is so cool. So, so it's it started with the local with the uh, national news contacting you, and now you're saying you get a, you have a bunch of other requests. Um, so I'm assuming this has probably changed your business for good. You know, it's been interesting because the way the story was done, they weren't specific in a way that the average viewer was picking up on the fact that they were just for first responders. Mm -hmm. So in the first 24 hours, we received about 300 requests for masks. Wow. Um, and I would say 90% of those, I had to refer back to Etsy or some of the other people that are making these as a commercial endeavor okay. because we really are only doing them for first responders. That's amazing. So, I mean, you, you've you been forced more or less to turn down business because of this. It, it's true. There are some exceptions. We were contacted by an individual uh, who has Bell's palsy and wow. half of her face is paralyzed and has been for 30 years. Wow. And the, seeing our story, she had the idea of getting some um, photos of her before and having us make her a mask with her smile before the paralysis. We have several stories like that, which has really been the rewarding part for us is to connect with these people and make something specifically for them, as opposed to what a lot of people think it looks funny and they just want it because it looks funny and we try to avoid doing that because we really are trying to encourage engagement with first responders while keeping them safe. So you're really doing this purely to give back. I mean you went into this with no intention to have anything come out of it for you. You truly were trying to give back to other people. That is true. With these masks we decided that I needed to go ahead and put a small monetary price on them just because we needed to cover the materials and we were so overwhelmed by the response that we were worried about being swamped and also uh, being able to complete our other work. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially we're selling these masks at cost uh, just to get them out there and you know we, we really are not trying to strict with people there are several people that for example work at grocery stores or you know are doing other essential work which for us we consider that to be a valid reason to have one of these masks so it's it's not as if we're just doing them for police fire it's, it's anyone that is you know, a frontline worker essential worker that is amazing i i absolutely love this story um it is probably one of the most heartfelt ones i've seen throughout this pandemic um, so I, I love that. So I want to I want to go backwards a little bit um, because and we'll, I'm sure we'll come back to this topic because it's just so great. But I want to step step backwards to when you started sublimating. How long have you been on this sublimation journey or owning any sort of crafting business? Yes, well, it's been an interesting one. <laughs> uh, we have only been 
sublimating for about a year, probably. That's it. Um, that's it. Yeah. Wow. I've, I've won a uh, furniture design uh, and movie prop fabrication business for about 20 years. Oh, no way. And my background is actually as a product designer. Um, and so as, as far as actually being someone who makes physical objects, it's probably been close to 30 years now. Oh, cool. But uh, the way that we actually got into this is that uh, here in the city, we have something, it's hard to describe, honestly. We, we had a local event that was sort of a community joke or laughing point that everyone was talking about in the city. And so uh, being kind of a sarcastic person, I, I took the logo of the city and transformed it to reference what everyone was kind of laughing about. Cool. And was then swamped by requests of people wanting t-shirts and coffee mugs and stickers. And at that point, we were just doing furniture. So we ended up contacting uh, a third party that did direct garment type printing. And they were all handling it through the website. And when we saw the product that was being sent out, uh, I was personally horrified at the quality. It was awful. Oh, interesting. And so in looking around, and watching a lot of the videos, we found the sublimation and it just seemed like such a great fit to be able to do a print on demand type business that could pivot easily, had a low startup cost and really offered us a wide range of products that we could offer. Uh, and that's really been the case. That is, that is great. So have you maintained the business that you were in before or has this kind of taken over your life? Well, it's been an interesting pivot and especially all during the pandemic, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say what the aftertimes are going to be like. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, you know, there isn't a big call for custom furniture or the kind of consulting work that we were primarily doing. And so really the sublimation has been the lion's share of business that we've done in the last year. Wow. So what uh what machine do you have are you do you have a smaller version or like the sg500 400 or the 800 1000 yeah so we ended up starting with the 400 just because from a price perspective it mm -hmm. offered us a really great starting point it was easy to get into and we could justify it that if we got into the business and sold you know for a month or two because we really weren't planning on this being our primary revenue stream sure uh we could you know, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't lose any money by doing that. Mm -hmm. So at this point, after a year, I think we really are investigating upgrading to the 1000, uh, just because it gives us a lot more flexibility on what we can uh, print. You know, you're not alone there. I think I hear that a lot <laughs> from people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one of the things that you kind of touched on without truly saying it is that your designs are truly what has sold for you. I mean, this smiling mask design, then that design for uh, your your local area that people wanted. It sounds like it is your creativity that has drawn people in. I think that's right. And I also the really big selling point, I think beyond that is the speed and flexibility with, that we are able to offer because of the sublimation that we're using mm -hmm. in that I can come up with a design in the morning and put it up on the website 
and 30 minutes later I can start selling things and deliver them that night or the next morning. And that's only because of the way we're set up with the sawgrass machine. That's wonderful to hear. So now is your wife kind of come into the business with you as well? Has this become a family endeavor? <laughs> she is actually a textile designer. Oh, um, wow. So you both have works. the creative backgrounds. We do. We, we met at art school. So. Oh, that's so cute. It, it's the meetings between us can be very interesting because we're both very opinionated. Love it. So with the, the sublimation, actually, this is my portion of the business because uh, we decided it might be best if we separate something in our lives since we're all <laughs> working from home. Uh, so, yeah, the sublimation is me. That, I love that. So you talk a lot about how your community has pretty much inspired you um, to create the things that you've made. And it sounds like they've been incredibly receptive of it. They have. It's been very interesting, again, over just the last year, starting with this sarcastic uh, exercise that, that blossomed into really starting my business. I mean, it, it paid for my uh, my Geonite heat press and my Sawgrass 500, uh, 400. Um, and from that, we actually then worked with the city on a couple projects and we have a very, the city of Decatur in Georgia has a very specific logo, which is what a lot of the things I was doing was kind of designing riffs on that logo. And because of that, we got their attention and then we got their business. And then actually in the fall, we went through the legal process of actually licensing their logo. Wow. And so now my business is the only authorized uh, company to reproduce it. And a lot of that was due to the quality of the products that we were putting out. Wow. And the speed and flexibility that we were able to put prototypes together so that when working with the clients, you know, something that you see on Photoshop or you see in a drawing is one thing, but when a couple hours later you can show up at a meeting with a physical object, it's a real sell selling point. And that's again, with the sublimation, something we're able to do very easily and inexpensively. You are absolutely right. I, I do want to ask you, since you brought up the licensing agreement, um, because you know how people are always trying to recreate things with licenses they do not own uh, and might not ever be able to own. How was that process in order to get that licensing agreement? You know, for people who might want to try to go a similar route, was it, uh, was it long? Was it easy? Yeah, I would say that um, that is what is a bit seductive about this machine is that you can pull an image off the internet mm -hmm. and print it and make it look just like a product that somebody else is offering. Uh, especially because of my background as a product designer, I'm very, very sensitive to not infringing on other people's designs. Mm -hmm. And with the direct garment, when we started, that design, which is very specific to my neighborhood even, um, putting it up on these other websites, it was actually stolen and reproduced by a, a whack-a-mole selection of websites that we wow. had to chase down. And luckily I had the foresight to um, copyright it when we did it, which I would encourage anyone to do. It, it costs about $50 mm -hmm. 
-hmm. takes a couple of months. It's not a big deal. So if you have a design that you are really invested in, you're going to put out in the marketplace, mm -hmm. I would definitely encourage you to get a trademark on it. That's um, great advice. Well, it, it's, it's so easy, honestly, to do it. And you're protecting yourself as well as it makes me feel a lot more confident to put it on uh, like an Amazon Marketplace or Etsy or some of these other sites that I might be interested in selling my product and not worry about having it stolen. Now that said, I've still had to issue every other week pretty much a cease and desist, which most people honor. That's um, good. So that's a good process. As far as working with the licensing of the city, we were really fortunate that our city is a small government. They were actually very interested in having me take over because there's such civil engagement with the logo. We have a lot of pride in that logo in the city. And they were getting a little bit overwhelmed with responding to that demand. So to have somebody come in and kind of help them out, a partner with them, they were very interested. Um, so for me, that process was very easy. Uh, we do have a lawyer that reviewed the documents, but it wasn't very complicated as long as you're pretty straightforward. I would say if you're thinking about doing, you know, the kind of things I see like Mickey Mouse, I would say there's probably no way that you're going to license that from Disney without a huge investment. So um, obviously what you're trying to license influences the process. I, absolutely. I, I think that you gave a lot of really great advice um, that we don't really talk about too much. I know Jimmy Lamb, who does a lot of our education, he tries to bring it up and he's written about it, but hearing it from somebody else detached from the company who's gone through it as well is very refreshing to hear and, and great advice for anybody listening. So you said that you, uh, when you did that design for your city, you were able to pretty quickly make your money back that you invested um, into the sawgrass. Can you talk a little bit about, um, about that and how if you put your mind to it, it can be very easy to pay off your investment fairly quickly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the cost of the 400 for us, and really coming from a background of running a wood shop and having a lot of experience with machinery, my advice to people is to buy the best and most expensive machine you can that is practical. And so when we were looking at it, used sublimation printers, I think are pretty much you want to stay away from it at all costs because you don't know how the person is maintaining their machine. If they're leaving it on, a lot of people try to save money on that ink by unplugging the machines and then you waste it all when you do a flush to try to clean it out. So I would get the, you know, the, the best sawgrass sublimation printer you can. We got a, a Geonite press, which was a very expensive press and we managed to find one that we bought used. So that saved us about a thousand dollars. We actually made the mistake that I think a lot of people did and we ordered uh, an Amazon press because we weren't sure how serious this was going to be. And sure. it lasted about two days in the shop before the heat was all over the place, the platen temperature was uneven, and we wow. realized that we might save $600 on a press, but we're going to waste that on product that's not being properly printed. Mm -hmm. um, so so you, that would be my advice on setting up. Oh, that's great advice and, and stuff that, you know, we try to tell people as, as well. Now, do you find that you're, uh, you're kind of printing constantly in there? 
Yeah, I'll tell you, we don't, I haven't, in a year, I have not emptied my waste ink catch. Oh, wow. That, that's how much we print. I would say that I'm printing at least one product a day, um, maybe more. Mm -hmm. And we have some orders that we'll do, um, you know, 300 masks at a time. Wow. And so that little machine is just cranking those things out. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, and the other great. thing, you know, just looking back at that, talking about startup costs, one of the things we didn't factor in that I think is important people consider is that you're going to probably spend $100, let's say, on product that you mess up and learning how to do it. And that was a real surprise to us. And after we did that initially with some masks and some mugs, we realized to save all of those mistakes and reuse them to learn new processes or new inks or new colors. So I would say, don't get really frustrated if you're learning this at the beginning because the combination of heat, pressure, and time is locked together. And if you mess up on one of those, your product's not gonna look right. And so you really have to learn a little bit of the art of putting those together. And even something ridiculous like opening your press. We started out using tape and pro spray and Teflon sheets and everything. And now there's this very bizarre kind of wrist flip that I do that doesn't require me to use any of that. These, these are all amazing like tips that you're giving. It's all great advice. I'm going to stop and stop asking you stuff because you're gonna end up taking my job. He's given everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is fantastic, and I'm sure people are learning a ton uh, from all of this. And I, and I love how you mentioned making mistakes. Because a lot of people they go into this and they don't want to make mistakes, so they uh, they get frustrated very easily. Uh, mm. But I feel like making mistakes is the best way to learn. You know. I know how to do a lot of things in this world and I explain to people that's because I have really messed them up so many times. <laughs> so learning from your mistakes is absolutely important and I'll, I'll be the first to admit the first time that I opened the press incorrectly on a $22 sweatshirt that I had ordered and it was the only one I had for a sale that I had to deliver the next day, I was pretty angry. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I learned how to do this wrist flip that lets me make sure that I don't create an air pocket and then ghost image my garments. What I like too is you're using a lot of technical terms. So my guess is you've done a lot of research when it comes to sublimation. Did you do a lot of research before you purchased or were you finding yourself learning on the go and having to research then? Well, it was a combination of both. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like almost anything, if you go to YouTube and you put it in, you could spend days going through videos. Yep. Um, and I find that it's almost impossible to go through those. And even people that own companies, a lot of the videos, the technology changes mm -hmm. and the videos are still up or the techniques improve or people that are just doing things that now I look at it and think that person is crazy. <laughs> Um, but maybe it works for them. I know that I do some things in the studio that are not necessarily what I would teach to other people, but because it works for me every time, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep doing it until it stops working. Sure. Um, we were really, I think, stumbling through the videos. Uh, David Gross from Condi mm -hmm. 
has a really, really great series of videos. He does. That was actually what drew us in, and we ended up going with them because of their technical support. And I don't want to sound like a, an ad for Condi, but um, the salesperson that we have there as well has really helped educate me. That's great. And they've been really great about including some samples as, as we're talking through problems I'm having with their technical support, mm -hmm. giving me some items to practice on or new technology. Oh, wow. And so yeah, Kylie King at Condi has really helped me uh, learn a lot. And so we've been really fortunate with them as well as a partner. That's great. And, it, and it's so wonderful that you ask for help. You know, you, you want to learn. And I think that's part of being successful as well, as well as knowing when it's time for somebody else to guide you. I think so. And especially sublimation has so many great applications, but I think as you learn those, you realize that there are some times when it's not the best choice for what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And being able to talk to people and understand that, for example, some customers just really want black shirts. Yep. And there's nothing you can do to convince them that an ash gray shirt really is gonna look cool too. And that you mm -hmm. could do it with sublimation without having to pay for screen printing fees or minimums or any of that. Mm -hmm. um, but learning the limitations and what a better alternative is, either a new product or a new process has really, that's what we've been dealing with right now, is as we've grown, finding out what really makes sense and what we need to rethink, both as a design or as a manufacturing technique. That's awesome. So where where do you guys go from here? You've, you've, you've made it big, you've made it on the national news, so now what? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because um, I'm actually kind of glad that the story has died down a little bit. We've oh, we're finished... about to ramp it back up. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you're a first responder or frontline worker, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm not really sure because again, the pandemic is not going in the direction where I feel like masks are going to be less popular, mm -hmm. but I'll be perfectly honest. If I could stop making masks tomorrow, I would be so happy. <laughs> really to never make another mask would be <laughs> such a gift because it means we don't need them anymore. Exactly. Oh, I, I completely, I get it. Yeah. So we're, we're working with the city and we're doing these licensed products and we're, we're working on some new designs for them as well. We're also working with our local retailers and that has been a really interesting um, sort of side effect of the current environment is that especially in the summer, a lot of manufacturers were having very hard times producing product lead time, getting raw materials. Whereas with the sublimation business, if you have a relationship with your local vendors, uh, local retailers, you can step in the middle of that supply chain and really help people on both sides. So I have some customers that are purchasing wholesale for us and then selling those to retailers. And we also do direct wholesale with various retailers. And I got an email yesterday uh, with the conclusion of the elections here in Georgia from several uh, retailers that were looking for their designs to be made. And so wow. from there, we're simply just taking their artwork and supplying them back. So it looks like 2021 is gonna be just as busy as 2020 for you. I, I think probably it will be, which is a good thing. Um, and again, 
we're looking at our machinery, looking at this this poor 400 that's really been worked to death. <laughs> They're working like a champ, but uh, we did actually, for Christmas, as a gift to the shop, we bought the bypass tray. Oh, awesome. So, yep, so we're excited. Uh, we started doing the um, some wine totes and some oh. socks and some taller items. And so the bypass tray really lets us do that without necessarily having to go to the 1000. That's awesome. So I'm going to give you a chance to um, let everyone know your shop name, whether you want it to just be for uh, first responders and frontline workers, or if you want to give it out to people who might want to purchase from your website, that's up to you. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the floor now to do that. Sure. Well, the website is huckmade.com, which is H-U-C-K-M-A-D-E.com. People often, when I say it out loud without the spelling, they think maybe I'm going to clean their house or something. <laughs> Huck, I made it. Um, and we have a lot of different products on there. And honestly, I love talking to people about sublimation. I love talking to people about making things. It's great. So you can reach me through that website if you're interested. I'd be happy to pass on any information I have or, you know, help in any way I can. Uh, the masks that are available for the, the first responders. There's a link right on the, the front of the website right now because of the amount of response we've been getting. Um, so again, I've talked to several people about the equipment and setup in our shop. There's also a link to the video uh, from CBS News right on the website, you can see that. So um, yeah, huffmade.com. That is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are here at Sawgrass are very happy to have you um, on board as one of our users and uh, super excited about all the good work that you're doing for the community using sublimation. So so congratulations on all of your success and, and uh, thank you for representing the Sawgrass name very well. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on and I'm really glad that we went with Sawgrass. It has been a pleasure to use one or two times we've had to reach out for technical support the team there at sawgrass has just been outstanding so we couldn't have asked for anything more thank you thank you so much and uh, thank you all for tuning in if anybody else is interested in coming on the podcast or knows somebody who would be great for us to have on our podcast you can reach out to us at marketing at sawgrassinc.com until next time we'll see you later bye